Hello, and welcome to the Burning Coal Theater's podcast series, Into the Fire, with Jerome Davis. Hi, I'm Jerome Davis. I'm the Artistic Director of Burning Coal Theater Company. I'd like to welcome everyone to Into the Fire, the Burning Coal Theater Company podcast series on all things theatrical. Our guest today is Miss Renee Nixon, who is both author and director of the play Worried, which Burning Coal will be presenting as part of its second stage series in a co-production with She Cow Productions, Mm -hmm. who some of our um, more ardent fans will remember as the co-producer of Four Colored Girls about five years ago. And uh, that uh, company is led by the estimable uh, Miss Mimi Cowens, who's a fan regular here at Burning Coal. So, Renee, with that rather lengthy (laughs) introduction, uh, welcome uh, to the podcast. Well, thank you. Thank you. This is my first podcast. I'm a little Um, excited. Very nice, yeah. Well, uh, we'll uh, we'll try not to botch it uh, with our technological uh, limitations here. Um, we want to talk with you a little bit. You're not only did you write uh, Worried, um, which is a full-length play, mm-hmm. um, but you've taken on the task of uh, of directing it, and you are with Mimi. You're helping to produce it as well, so mm-hmm. you're busy at, at the moment. Busy might be an understatement. Yes, yes. <laughs> you, you blew past busy a while oh, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know that feeling. Um, why don't you tell us, if you don't mind, just a little bit about Worried, uh, just if you could summarize it briefly, what, what the play's about. Sure. Worried is 12 monologues about all the things in life that we're worried about. Finding love, losing love, health, wealth, and those pesky test results that don't always come out quite like you expect them <laughs> it to. It sounds like you memorized that. <laughs> <laughs> That's well, a, you know. <laughs> the elevator speech. That was good. Uh, um, the, um, the, the 12 uh, are, all, are each monologues, is that yes. correct? Mm-hmm. Directed us. So you have 12, 12, I have 12, mon- um, 12 monologues, but I have two, two of the monologues are what I call bi-monologues. They're two people in the monologues, and although they're on stage together, they don't talk to each other. Right, right. They're having their own conversations in their own heads, even though they realize they're in a room with someone else. And there's a fairly long tradition of that in theater. Uh, we did, on our second stage series, uh, probably seven or eight years ago, a play called Molly Sweeney by the Irish uh, playwright Brian Friel, which is about uh, one incident, but it's three different people who were involved in the incident telling mm-hmm. the story. And so there's a lot of a lot of that sort of frame, which I find very, very interesting. Uh, it's almost Rashomon-like. You're, you're putting the story together based on pieces of, of a story. So you have a total of 14 actors in your 14 cast? 14 actors, right? mm-hmm. yeah, Male and female? Yep, male and female, yeah. diverse cast, different ages. So it's been really interesting. That's <laughs> terrific. Uh, and you, this is not the first time. You did a, a different version of Worried about a year ago, is that mm-hmm. right? Last May, I did a version of Worried as a house tour. Level Homes allowed me to um, use one of their model homes, and people actually toured the house. In each room in the house, they saw a different monologue. And people got really wrapped up in the fact that they were walking into these people's lives, because they truly were walking into a room, and you're seeing something new. Mm -hmm. That's uh, absolutely amazing, and you had a good response to that. Oh, I had an amazing response. Like, I would love to do that again. Did did you get any press on it? Did any reviewers come? Not really, um, because it was small. 
I only had like 50 tickets right. and we sold about 42 tickets. So, and it was really good because the majority of people came the first, um, for the first tour at seven. And then the second tour, we had a little bit more space, but everybody who came. Well, I love that it. idea of t tying the, the life story of the storyteller to, to a piece of architecture, really. Mm -hmm. I think that's really quite fantastic. And in this case, you were helping to sell a home yeah. as yes. well. So, <laughs> so fantastic. What a great idea. Um, and so th but this is the first time Worried will be seen in its current uh, version and the first time it'll be seen in a theater. Mm -hmm. um, what's different about it since the last time you tackled this material? Um, well, since last time, actually, there, this time we have 12 monologues mm -hmm. instead of having, um, we had 10 in the house. Right. So that's different. And I have a couple um, that are new that I didn't do in the house. So mm -hmm. I have, so I pulled a couple out and then put a couple of new ones in. When did you do it? Do you remember, was it 2017 or? I did the house tour in 17, uh -huh. but Worried was read at the National Black Theater Festival in 2011. Which is in Winston-Salem. Mm -hmm, which yeah. is in Winston-Salem every other year. Um, it's a biannual event. And it was read there and it got rave reviews. 2011 was, um, uh, uh, feels like a different, Lifetime. No, it uh, does. <laughs> do you uh, do you feel as an as a writer as a playwright? Do you feel compelled to 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 change any of it? Do, do any of the the things that you as a person, a citizen, uh, concern yourself with, or, or, or the things you're worried about? Do those things feel like they need to be updated uh, based on events that are happening in society? Well, one of the um, one of the monologues. Um, Cinderella was changed when I did it in the house. I did it one way, then it was like I liked it, but it didn't really work the way I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. And so I changed some of the um, wording in it, and it fits so much better. Uh, mm -hmm. It's not so much updated as it just flows better now. Mm -hmm. And the actress that I have doing it, she just has eaten it up, and she totally gets it Good. and everything. And Good. so that one works. For the most part, most of them are basically the same. Right. Just a few minor changes here and there, or we'll add a little something mm -hmm. just to, for the actor, just to um, tweak it just a little bit. But for the most part, yeah. So when, when something happens like uh, big in our culture, like uh, Ferguson, for instance, uh, is the thing that immediately jump to my mind or the election of Donald Trump. Um, do you think about, uh, boy, I, I, I now have a new, a new monologue I need to get, get on. Sometimes it does happen like that. And actually one of my characters, um, other, he even mentions um, Donald Trump in the last election and everything. So that's actually even mentioned in that one because I just wrote that one at the beginning of the year. And you're instructing the actor to pause mm. for whatever response the mm -hmm. audience might. <laughs> I could imagine that would be a... And he even has, like, he does a little something from Black Panther, um, oh, Wakanda okay. Forever. So it's, it's, so it's funny how we just put like little things in there. And that's from this year, yes. Yeah, so yes. you are updating, yeah, very much so. Okay, well, that's, that's neat. Uh, that, I can't wait to see it. I'm very excited about this year's uh, slate. Uh, Me too. I'm going to take just a moment to describe for everybody uh, before we go on with our conversation. The series this year includes a play that the Women's Theater Festival is producing, uh, which will, uh, as well as a play that Burning Coal is producing. The Women's Theater Festival is doing a play called Crumble, Lay Me Down, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> and uh, they uh, have among the cast uh, actors who, or an actor who will perform as. 
Justin Timberlake and as Harrison Ford. And I am just wondering where in the world I found an actor that could play <laughs> both of those parts. That uh, seems like a wide stretch. Yeah, uh, that is, isn't it? Uh, but, uh, and then uh, Burning Coal uh, uh, will be producing a, a really wonderful uh, one-person show called Ipigenia in Splot. Uh, Splot being a, a, one of the poor neighborhoods in uh, Cardiff, Wales. And Chloe Oliver, who's done a lot of stuff with us over the years, uh, will be performing uh, the, the role in that show. And they'll run in repertory starting in the first Thursday in June. And June 7th. June 7th, that's right. And that's your, your opening the series. So Worried opens the series. Had you written uh, for the stage before, Renee? I had. Um, actually, I did a full production of one of my plays um, called Blindsided, and I, it was performed at the Haytai Heritage Center in Durham. Durham yeah. And for the past, since 2011, I've had eight plays read at the National Black Theater Festival as part of their um, readers. Mm -hmm. Wow. As part of their readers theater series. And, and have they been produced around the series? No, well, just um, Blindside has been produced. And I have one that I did for 2017 called Wedding Day Worries, which is like a shoot off of worry uh -huh. that I'm thinking about. I got to make some tweaks to it, but I'd like to see that one come. Yeah. How did you get interested in writing plays? Did you study it in school? or? I did a take a class in college, but for the most part, I've been writing since. I think I could write. Since you were young, yeah. Yeah, um, actually, when I was a little child, uh, I got a fear of sharks from my sister <laughs> going to, I know, from my sister going to see Jaws, and then I went to, um, and saw a documentary about sharks when I was in school, and so I was terrified. And so my dad would be like, you know, dream about Mickey Mouse and friends going um, swimming. And I was like, okay. And then Jaws would come and <laughs> eat them. And so my mother told me to start writing out my dreams. And so I started humanizing yeah. the shark and Jaws became more human. And so I became less afraid of him. And from it went from there, from my short stories to... What an extraordinary idea. It sounds like your, your parents were pretty smart uh, smart people. When you write, what uh, form does it take? Do you write with a pencil or a pen or a typewriter or a it computer? It all depends on where I am. Yeah. It, uh, I have been known to just sit and I can be driving down the street and have my cell phone in my hand and it's recording as I'm talking. Yeah. And Or if I just find something to scribble on uh -huh. and I get like an idea, just something random. Which do you like best? I don't know. No, just, not none uh, are, are particularly meaningful yeah, to you. It's the storytelling. Long, yeah, just as long as I can get the idea out of my head. Yeah. Well, that sounds like uh, sounds like you might have uh, some acting blood in you as well. <laughs> have you have you performed before? Have you acted? Uh, when I was in high school, I did um, perform with a traveling troupe, and I was part of um, Mr. Wendell Tab from Hillside. Oh, sure. I was in his um, drama club. So, so you I, grew up in Durham. You, mm -hmm. you're a, I'm a true Durhamite. True, true, and yeah, there aren't a lot of those. It no, seems, it uh, doesn't seem like it, but no, I'm a true uh, through and through. <laughs> that's great. That's fantastic. Um, when when worried is uh, is presented, when an audience comes into the room and, and watches the play, do you have a a sense of what you want them to feel? I, I don't mean about the specific monologues, but but about the the overall story. Is there a specific reaction you'd love to see from the audience? I want the audience to be pulled in and be lost in what they're saying. I want the laughter, the the gasping, 
the cheers, the anger, and everything. Yeah. So when they walk out, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe, and oh, I have a friend that's going through that, or I'm going through that. I know what that's like. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't believe they did that. Mm-hmm. So I want everybody, and because it's going to be in two pieces, we have Act 1 and Act 2, the last one in Act 1 is one that I know people are going to have, they're just going to sit in the audience for a minute. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I believe we're going to bring them to their knees on that one. They'll have to take a moment before yes. they, they <laughs> head off to the concessions. So. Yes, so we're going to have to have some tissue. <laughs> very good, uh, very good. Well, we'll we'll make sure that happens. Um, do you think that uh, there are there are people in your life who have influenced you who are theater artists, or do you draw your influences from different parts of society, or different parts of society? Also, I know several people that I grew up with that were um, that act, and like I said, I worked with Mr. Tab. Since I was in high school, since he first got to Hillside, gosh, I'm dating myself. <laughs> but um, so in other things, and my first drama teacher at Hillside actually was in The Color Purple, the movie. Oh. And so it's like it's just really started from there. And I just like seeing my projects come to life, no matter what it is. Are there artists uh, beyond uh, your personal you know, influence or meeting, you know, people that you met yourself, but are there artists on the national or international stage, if you will, that, that have been meaningful to you? Oh my God, it's a long list, but yeah, there, you know, some people, you just can't, like, how can you not want to see Viola Davis perform? Right. Like, yeah. she just sucks you in, or yeah. Denzel Washington. And, and both are stage actors, yes, as well as... you know, uh, and, yeah. and then... I've always fallen in love. Malcolm Jamal Warner is one of my favorites. Uh-huh. He doesn't get a lot of credit. And Anika, Anika Noni Rose, people who just pull you in. Right. And and Don Cheadle, who just become that character. That, to the point, <laughs> Right. That you almost forget that they are actually, that that's Don Cheadle or Anika or Malcolm standing up there performing because you get so wrapped in it. And that's how you know they're a great actor and a great director will pull you in so far that you just don't even know, like, oh wait. And when you leave, you're like, oh, that's amazing. Why, why is uh, storytelling important? Because we all have a story. Every, there's nobody that's alive that does not have a story. Right. Even if, um, I, there, one of my adopted babies, um, she passed away at six months, but wow. she had her own little story. Right. She spent the first five months of her life in the hospital. And when she came out, she was full of smiles and everything for that last month. And so she had a story. She couldn't talk to us, but she smiled. Yeah. So everybody has a story. No matter how long you're here, you have a story. And your story touches someone else. And that story touches someone else, and everything affects each other. So we all have a story. Never know we just, where it goes. Yes, really. and, and telling the story is just part of history. We just have to tell the story and share the story for someone else to know right. it. I've always felt like history and, and theater, or really all performing arts, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's music or dance, and probably visual art too, but they all have a connection to history. Mm-hmm. They all are, in, in some very real sense, the the same thing uh, because history is storytelling too. Mm-hmm. I think of the um, the song from Hamilton uh, at the end of the play where he talks about who's who's going to tell your story, and so so a lot of uh, what history is really is a decision that's being made collectively by society uh, to determine 
which version of, of the story is going to be told. Uh, and, uh, and it's fantastic when, uh, when a, a writer emerges from, from our midst who's interested in those personal stories. Do you think, uh, Renee, that, um, that politics plays a part in your work at all? Or are you more interested in sort of the day-to-day relationships and I try to leave politics out there you know politics is a part of everything but I try to kind of not really delve too deep into politics because that gets a little tricky mm-hmm. um, so it's not a major piece um, like the piece that I have um, other where he jokes about he says something about Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton it's really more of a joke uh-huh. and it keeps going uh-huh. and so people will laugh and keep going so yeah I try I don't think I've ever really tried to delve into politics now that doesn't mean that the next thing I write <laughs> who knows it might be, yeah yeah well uh, how do you come to the conclusion that you're going to write about a particular subject uh, does it just land on you it kind of lands on me it's like all of a sudden i'll have an idea and be like hmm so when will it happen next mm-hmm. and sometimes i don't even know like i i have some that especially in this one that i have no idea where the inspiration came from mm-hmm. i have no idea what i saw what i read or anything and it's just there and it just sometimes it just comes together i was listening to one of my favorite writers is a guy named aaron sorkin uh, who wrote uh, The West Wing, if you know mm-hmm. the TV series, among many other things. And he said uh, that he was walking out of a cafe in, I think it was Biloxi, Mississippi, and there were two old men sitting on a bench as he walked out of the store. And, and he heard one of them say something like, who that dare gonna take on the devil? Or something like that. You know, <laughs> just some you know, very sort of casual sentence that was part of a much larger story and he walked by and he got about half half a block away and he realized I want to know the answer to that <laughs> and so he wrote it he started writing that scene with those with those people in it I don't think that particular uh, piece ever got published uh, or produced but um, but I think that's common to writers they want to know what happens next mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful a beautiful way of phrasing that yeah. Oh, most definitely. Just, I mean, you can sit in a restaurant and hear other people talking, yeah. and you just really want to go, okay, so, so what do you think happened? Yeah. Is he cheating? I think he's cheating. <laughs> yeah, that's the mistress right there. I see it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. goes on. And you just come up with your own crazy ideas. You just hear something interesting or see a phrase or watch a show and just and just go from there. What's interesting to me about the, the worried uh, script uh, the the series of scripts is that you what we were just talking about is public conversation but what you're talking about with worried is more internal right mm-hmm. not, not necessarily things people would say in a in a restaurant or in a public setting or, yeah or yeah. even to their um because two of them are talking uh, on stage with their spouse or right. having discussion of what to do with their spouse or right. boyfriend or whatever yeah, yeah. and it's like well, what and all of this is in your head although they're saying it loud but we all have our own inner monologues every day all the time you just don't, might not think of it as a monologue but it's you yeah. sitting there thinking my acting teacher in new york was uda hagen who's a very famous uh, 
actor herself and an acting teacher, and she used to talk about the internal monologue. She said, as soon as you can, you have control of language to the grave, you're, you have an internal monologue mm -hmm. going on that is only occasionally interrupted when somebody, you know, walks in <laughs> and says, who ordered the pizza or right. know, something like that. <laughs> and then, then it shifts, you know, the internal monologue becomes an external monologue at that time. But, uh, so you're here. You are producing, or with Burning Coal. I, I hope we're being good partners. Yes, y'all are being awesome. I'm so uh, excited about doing this with you and yeah. when with the um, Women's Theater yeah, Festival. The WTF, yeah, and here in this space, I think it'll be beautiful. But um, are there opportunities for local playwrights? You know, it's hard for me to think of. There are people who write plays occasionally, but they're hard. It's hard for me to think of someone in this area who who is a playwright, uh, you know, who does it for a living, who does it consistently year after year after year. I is that possible today or is that just some kind of fantasy we have? I think it's possible, but the problem is you have to truly get some good backing and money and get your name out there. And that's where the problem because um, comes because like I've been wanting to do Worried since 2011, but I knew I had to have a place that had great lighting. There was like a, I, there was a vision for it. Yeah. And when you're looking in your pocket to pull out stuff and you got bills to pay, you gotta make decisions right. and stuff. So things just worked out for me, but yeah. there are not a lot of places, I mean, or theater houses that will support local authors. Yeah because it's a big risk yeah it's, it's a lot and you don't know who how many people they're going to have coming and where we're we going with it and, and that's what, I mean it's a it's a gamble it's a true gamble and do you if you if you could talk to the city council uh, or the state government uh, what would you say to them about supporting the arts and supporting the work of, of playwrights in this area um, finance, like just help, just a little bit of help. And sometimes it's not even, if you can offer a location, a lot of times. Yeah. Um, we can take it from there, yeah, right? Yeah, we can go from there. A lot of times yeah. we can work it out and figure yeah. other stuff out, but a location. Because yeah. there are very few locations that have what we need, a place, We're you know. We're about to lose man by its dog. Right, you know, and then, you know, lights, and then trying to, you know, like the, the Arts Council is sometimes booked all the time with yeah. other random stuff but yeah. then you start looking at the price of it and when you're trying to do this on your own right. you know paying you know x amount of dollars mm -hmm. it's hard you know so have letting people be able to be backed and doing discounts even if it's for just a short amount of time you know two weekends out of a month or a weekend out of the month mm -hmm. we're going to do it yeah. and we can go into a lottery and people get to do it but I think that there are a lot of ways because not only for kids, a lot of people do stuff for kids. And don't get me wrong, I think doing stuff for kids is beautiful. Yeah. But sometimes when you get older, you realize what your passion is. Right. And when you get older and find out what your passion is, well, you've missed that 35 cutoff for a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. But you're 40 something or 50 or yeah. up. You want to follow your passion too. Mm -hmm. So something should be allowed for older people to be like, hey. Sure. You can do it too. Yeah, there are many examples of writers who started writing after they passed that age, but but it is generally true that that great um, art comes from people in their earlier years when they have the energy to do it and stuff. And so, 
if we can uh, put arts education back in our schools. Oh, I that's so that, important. Yeah, and we're having having that battle right now. There, the today that we're recording this is the day of the teachers' march here yes. in, uh, in downtown Raleigh, and uh, the twenty thousand plus. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's very nice. Uh, a little hard to find a parking space around here, but no, it wasn't really. But uh, well, Renee, this has been fabulous. Uh, we're very much looking forward to Worried, which opens on uh, Thursday, June seventh, mm -hmm. uh, at seven thirty p.m. here at Burning Coal Theater. Tickets can be obtained through uh, our website at burningcoal.org. And also, you have a phone number, I believe, that you're using for tickets, or are you using? Mm -mm. Okay. Just using it's you. All us. Okay, That's good. all you. <laughs> so if, they, if people, if you want tickets, call 919-834-4001, or visit us at burningcoal.org. That's burningcoal.org for tickets to Worried by Worried. Renee Nixon. Uh, and uh, the other two shows, Iphigenia in Splot, produced by Burning Coal Theatre Company, and Crumble, produced by the Women's Theatre Festival in Repertory, the 7th through the 24th of June here at Burning Coal. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me.